today. The officer seen in the video of George Floyd's death has been arrested for murder. Uh, MSNBC says these are peaceful protests in Minneapolis as it literally burns down behind him. And Twitter censors Donald Trump's tweet denouncing the riots. We've got a packed show today and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. Happy Friday. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Today joined by Blaze TV contributor Eric July, back in the house uh, with a lovely taxation is theft on a shirt. I love it. I love it. You're speaking to my heart and soul (laughs) right now, Eric. Uh, We are also joined once again by Nick Pitts, the fellow for the Institute for Global Engagement. Thanks for being here again, Nick. So good to be here with you. And uh, we've got Aaron Colon the best reporter at TheBlaze.com. Thank you. Our very own. Thank you for being here. Uh, All right. We've got a lot to get into. We just found out before uh, coming on, because we tape the show a little bit in advance, we just found out before coming on that the officer that is seen in the video of the death of George Floyd has been arrested for third-degree murder and manslaughter. Uh, This is, of course, Derek Chauvin, Shaven, however you say his name, that's the one. It's the main one that's kneeling on his neck. Uh, we have not seen any reports as of the time of this taping that any of the other officers have been uh, charged, arrested and charged with anything. But at least for this one, third degree murder and manslaughter. Uh, let's just go around the table, get your quick thoughts on this latest development, Eric. Well, um, yeah, that's good. Um, I, I hate that it it kind of took so much time to make something happen when it seemed so clear and obvious as to what was the case. Now, in all honesty, I'm more concerned with the others involved as well. And if they just get to walk or is um, because I, when you consider the fact, definitely the other two officers that were on him, it was three grown men that, that was on him. And yes, you can probably attribute the man on his neck which is the guy that we got charged with murder as the one that's more responsible, most responsible, let's say that. But it, I don't think it rids responsibility from the others. Um, even the fourth one that's standing uh, up, uh, they just saw let it happen. Mm-hmm. So I hope that there's something else being done. Certainly with those other guys that were involved, we'll see what happens. Um, but <laughs> the fact that this took so long, definitely considering that I, we've seen other people that were arrested, uh, and why don't, you, for, why don't you say... Well, yes, there's a case, for those that don't know, there's a case that, that happened in Minneapolis. Uh, his name's uh, Jason Lipen, if I'm not mistaken. It's how you pronounce it, Ripen, if I'm not mistaken. Owns a Cadillac pawn shop. He ended up shooting one of the looters. And almost immediately, he, was, he went to jail for murder. And the police spokesman, his last name is Elder, said that he thinks the issue here is that that whole duty to retreat law, which is a nonsensical law. It's basically saying before you can defend your your property, you have to run away, which is insane to me. But he went to jail before for this guy. And this to me looks to point towards the fact that there's a broader issue here when it comes to, again, that institution out there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Nick. You know, there's a there's a part of me that wants to talk about um, and expound on how slow justice is moving right now, that this is an officer that was tasked to keep the peace, but he ended up killing an individual that was a man of peace. Yeah. And I am I've been so 
heartbroken, but so encouraged to hear more and more about Mr. Floyd's legacy up until this point and saddened by the fact that it will not be perpetuated into the future by himself. We're hearing more about how he was a man of peace when he lived in Houston and how he was an individual that would drag the baptismal pool for the local evangelistic outreaches. We hear about the great work that he was doing to hand out uh, materials in neighborhoods that he was living in. I, I think I would prefer to give an emphasis upon the greatness of his legacy than to, to give time to this individual that needs to be behind bars and tried for the injustice that he perpetuated. Yeah, and I'm glad to see that this happened. I'm glad to see that he was arrested and charged. It hopefully will bring some of the focus back to the issue at hand because what happened with these riots and this looting is that it fully distracted from the story of what happened, that a man's mm-hmm. life was taken and that there was no accountability for it. And in these days to where there's no charges and nothing happening, that's what fuels the anger in people, not justifying crimes or violence, that's what feels the anger of people who are looking at this and saying, well, what's happening? What's going on? And there's not transparency from the authorities about what, what are they questioning to where they think that maybe they don't need to arrest and charge this person. Mm-hmm. So when it finally happens, it's good. Hopefully we can turn our focus now to continuing to hold them accountable and making mm-hmm. sure that the justice system does do its work and that this person is held accountable for taking somebody's life. And I do want to get into uh, just how bad the riots and the looting have gotten. Um, but I do want to get... To, to your point, Aaron, Eric, the other day, you, he's kind of speaking to your point that you made the other day that, you know, the more we focus on hammering cash registers at Target, the less we're focusing on the real issue at the heart of this, which is there is a problem. Not all cops are bad. OK, I just want to preface that. I know everyone wants to jump to the I, I support the police as well. I can't speak for anyone else, but I support the police. But because I support the police, I have to be willing to call out the bad ones when they exist and when they show themselves. And Eric, you pointed out a couple days ago uh, that that the more we're focusing on this ridiculous nonsense that doesn't help the problem, we can't focus on that being the true issue. Well, yeah, no, because that is the the true issue. And what riding it, it, none of this makes sense. And I I want to be very clear. I will never justify it. I will never excuse it. I think there's a lot of who I call brainlets that act as if I can't have two positions at the same time. Yes. I can't say that rioting, looting innocent businesses that had absolutely nothing to do with this, they're bad people, as well as state aggression, which I talk about 365 uh, days throughout the year. In fact, most of these guys are generally arguing with me in defending the state. I'm the, I'm the anarchist at the table here. <laughs> so for, but you're completely right. This is a core issue that I think we need to turn our attention to. But when you it's not just focusing on the fact that they're rioting or the fact that they're destroying businesses. Yes, it detracts from that. But you're destroying your own communities. Mm -hmm. We saw seemingly after the whole COVID-19 thing that these guys are economically illiterate people. Um, so they don't seem to understand that economics is interconnected. Right. Mm -hmm. So the people that work for Target don't have a job anymore. Uh, There's, I believe the number was like 170 businesses that had been destroyed. Some of them were black owned. Yes. I know the wig store that was a black owned. We saw that there's, there's, there was a bar, Scores Bar out there, which they have a GoFundMe. They're raising a lot of money. Thankfully, they got destroyed. While they were filming it as a bunch of dudes trying to take the safe there. What does that have to do with saving black lives from the state or the aggression by way of the state. It doesn't help the issue. And I'm not going to go there as far as, well, they're just mad. They're just lashing out. No, they're opportunistic buttholes. And we should be able to say that. (laughs) 
without having to sort of detract from the core issue, which it is a core issue. And I'm, I'm always taught, I don't talk about it when it's convenient for me or when it's socially acceptable. I talk about this stuff all the time. You guys know, and I wish that we focused on that more and people didn't do things that are actually diametrically opposed to solving this particular and issue. It's, it's worth noting that a lot of the people who are causing the trouble and setting the fires and looting the businesses are not doing it for George. Oh, right? absolutely. Well, you know, so right. the, so to it's important not to attribute all of that to the people who are just really seeking justice because yeah. there's a lot of people in Minneapolis right now who are protesting in a very valid peaceful way in order to get justice for this. And so it's unfortunate that the narratives have gotten sort of mixed up here. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, it's a big city, so I don't want to attribute a singular motive onto a very large contingent because what, what did MLK say? He said that rioting is the language of that which is unheard. And so right now we're, we're, we finally heard from the justice system that a man is behind bars now. He's been charged with murder. Justice has been heard in the land, and that, that's, that's a good sign. It's a sign of progress. But what we know from the past is if we look further enough into the past and we see into the future, that rioting is, is just detrimental to communities. It, when you look back to the 60s and 70s, when you look at the race riots of Detroit, when you look back into L.A., what you continue to see is that it increases unemployment over the next five-year stretch, and then it also decreases uh, economic output. And those are just those are not things that you want to characterize this community, especially in light of the legacy of what uh, Mr. Lloyd was uh, putting forward. Yeah, amen. Uh, so, well, speaking of you, you know, you guys keep calling them riots. And I know the mainstream media has made a point to make sure to assure everyone watching that these are, I mean, they're, they're protests, really. You're not supposed to say riots. You're not supposed to say rioting or looting. These are protests. Uh, here is MSNBC uh, reporter Ali Velshi. He is standing in Minneapolis trying to assure all of the viewers basically what i just said that these are these are mostly peaceful it's fine don't worry about what's going on behind the curtain okay just focus on me watch i i, I want to be clear in how i characterize this this is a mostly a protest uh it is not uh it is not generally speaking unruly but fires have been started Fires have been started. It's, the, it's literally the GIF. Is everything is fine. Everything is fine. Come to life. Yeah. And, uh, again, what is uh, Peter Drucker? He's this leadership writer. He says that the first task of leadership is to define reality. And Val- Vaishi, Ali Vaishi is trying to define reality in this moment. But the unfortunate thing is, there's a significantly large bonfire that, that's happening in the background. Right you know, now. The frustrating thing about that is, if he wanted to portray the parts of the protests that were just protests, there's places he could have gone. Gone. Gone, but he chose yes. to plant himself outside of a burning building and then to push some sort of false narrative like it's, you know, y- you could report on it in a way that you want to push the positive of it, but he chose to put himself there. So if you're going to do that, then report what's being seen. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason to contradict yourself like that. Yeah. I don't understand why it's so difficult to just acknowledge the reality. Like I say all the time, two things can be true. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to choose between. And this is what happens. Blue check marks reporters uh, and so forth because they feel as if it's not socially acceptable to condemn people because they feel like it's a valid reason to protest they don't and they don't they want to try to make butter it up like well they have a no just okay to say that these guys are setting things on fire it's kind of crazy here but also again somebody being murdered by the, by a cop isn't a good thing i don't know why it's so difficult I and mean, you you guys have probably experienced it if you yes. talked about it yes. on twitter you had you you 
criticize the looting or something like that and someone's like, well, I wish you cared as much about this as you cared about people being murdered by the cops. It's like, you dope. I can have two positions. Like, I can talk about them both at the same time. It's, the, it's that same mentality that infects our politics where you have to accept every part of this sort of set narrative. And so if you're on this side, you have to accept everything here. And you can't say that it's wrong to steal TVs from Target and also say that it was wrong for George Floyd to be killed, you know? And it's, it's frustrating because you're always fighting against that, but you have to sort of stay on message, even when people are coming at you with that. You just have to stay on message and hope that people kind of get what's the truth. So, and I want to hear from, from all of you at the table, but, but Aaron, I'll start with you first. How, I, I asked this question yesterday. I genuinely want to know if I'm off base here, because I find the media to be very culpable when you're looking at fanning the flames of this racial narrative, this racial division. You pointed out, Aaron, that, you know, he could have picked a place in Minneapolis where he showed the peaceful protesting. He chose to go in front of a literal burning building mm -hmm. and say everything's fine, as Nick pointed out. Um, so how how responsible do you think that the media is for all of this outrage, all of this, you know, this continued looting, all of this rioting in the streets, how responsible do you think they are? I, I, I agree with individual responsibility, but I mean, it's yeah. it's media malpractice at this point, I feel. Yeah, it's a, the thing is, it's hard. To, it's not sexy to, like, put nuanced narratives on TV. They're looking for the shiny, the controversial, everything. There's a, a line to be walked to where you look at this situation and say there is a racial element to how the people who have been victimized feel about it. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you think that's valid, you can report on the fact that that exists and that's playing into how people are reacting. But if you choose to take that and run with it to a place where it's not gone, then you are culpable in making things worse because you are fanning the flames and people are picking their sides and it's causing division. You can report on the fact that this was a black man who was killed by a white cop and you can say people feel a certain way about this. You can talk about that. You can talk about what it means and what, you know, issues with policing and minority communities. Those are all valid issues, but that's not what's happening when you're just going to find a burning building to stand in front of and say this is a race riot and we want to, you know, put the whites versus the blacks. That's irresponsible. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, so... Uh I don't know how much the media is fanning the flame, but you can't fan something that's not there. Mm. And so, and the research is very clear. African-Americans are twice as likely to be pulled over, four times as likely to be uh, searched. When it comes to search and seizure, uh, they account for 97% of those that are accounted for, and it's less than 1% of contraband that's found on them. There was a study in 2017 that indicated that the uh, a kindness was lacking. There was an inconsistent kindness when it came towards white Americans versus African-Americans from policing. I don't know how much the media is fanning the flames, but I do know that there is a fire that needs to be put out and there is injustices that need to be uh, rectified. Okay, and fair fair points, mm -hmm. uh, but do you see those playing into what happened to George Floyd? Because what's happening in Minneapolis, right, is mm -hmm. over George Floyd's death mm -hmm. where racism is attributed to it, and mm -hmm. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I'm still going to wait for all the facts to come out because right now that there's still there's still facts that wait to be had. Absolutely, right Believe now, I, not, right now I don't see it. And hey, look, it, it's very difficult to prove racism. Yeah, but that's a silly thing for me to have want to have a conversation with when the issue is the state. Like I'm tired of deviating from that. It's actually a frustrating conversation that I have to always have. We we sitting there worried about who gets attacked by the state in a proportionate manner, like as if you get your butt whooped. It, oh, if he was a white guy, it's like, oh, it's fine. No, the issue is the state aggression. It doesn't matter what the man's color was or anything like that, or if it happens more or less often, and then we, we're, we're trying to worry about evening the odds of how many, how often black people get beat up by the police. It's like, 
such a silly conversation to have when the core issue, again, is the state and its aggression. If we could just zero in on this, that, we can actually solve the issue. But actually playing the whole racism thing, that alleviates, the, well, no, it doesn't, excuse me, alleviates sort of the, the actual problem. We don't even address the problem. Why? Because what we're having a discussion about is the proportionate of, of whether or not, well, is, is it a black thing? Is it a white thing? It's so hard to be black. It's so hard to be white. And that, that's the conversation we're having. The cops or the, the, the state or what have you and their aggression is still standing and it never goes addressed because we're limiting everything to race. Yeah. I think it calls for a more consistent uh, application of the outrage when these things happen, whether or not it's mm-hmm. an interracial situation. Google Duncan Limp. Mm-hmm. Google Duncan Limp. It happened this year. A white, uh, white man, no-knock raid, got murdered in, in his own house. I don't think the cops have been arrested. Nobody said nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that just happened. That goes to media coverage because if, if those things don't get highlighted, then when something does get highlighted and it's interracial, mm-hmm. then it becomes this thing about imbalance. And Well, why weren't you mad about this? Well, it, just, it wasn't applied evenly. The concepts weren't applied evenly. Yep. Uh, another example of what they're talking about at the table when we come back. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Ashford University. So we've all got dreams, all right? You got some small ones that maybe are easier to talk about, but there are some big ones out there, the big ones we really, really want. Uh, you know, not so much. We don't want to talk about them out loud because we feel like it's like when you blow out your candles of a birthday cake and you're like, if I tell everyone what my wish is, it's not going to come true. Well, I say when it comes to your future, you got to dream big. The bigger, the better. All right. And the dream of a better tomorrow starts with a degree from Ashford University. They have online bachelor's and master's degrees programs to allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule. Uh, They have expert faculty that teach you real world skills from real real world, say that three times fast, experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns. You can learn from home. Wherever you feel comfortable learning, that is where you can do it. They've got 60 plus programs like business administration, healthcare administration, psychology, and you have 24-7 access to your classroom, daily support, and financial aid available, which I know is important during this particular time. All right. I'm telling you, you got to dare to dream big. Your tomorrow starts today. At least it can if you just go to ashford.edu. That is ashford.edu. Go there right now. It's ashford.edu slash news. And uh, you will get no fee. You will have your fee waived. There is no fee to apply or standardized testing required to enroll. All you got to do is go to ashford.edu slash news. Back in a minute. Just to further add to uh, Eric's point, because I like seeing him when he gets really angry and I feel, yeah, his head starts to explode. And I'm like, this is great for ratings. I'm just going to keep going. Um, to add to Eric's point, though, uh, in Mississippi, this just happened. I believe it was Tuesday this week. Um, you t- didn't see any media coverage on this, uh, j- but just for just for some perspective, right, to show you what you're not seeing from the media, what you are seeing from the media. Uh, around the same time that all of this was going on with George Floyd, a uh, cop in Mississippi. Now, again, the latest I read, and I just read this before the time of this taping, um, it was unclear what had happened before the incident was videoed. But clearly, a uh, black cop with his hands on the neck of a young man and uh, the people are telling him he can't breathe, he can't breathe. Very familiar. Now, the young man did not end up dying, thankfully, but uh, a very familiar scene. You didn't see it anywhere in the mainstream media. Watch a little bit of that. Hey, little bro, chill out, little bro. Damn, I don't even 
Oh, no. Don't touch me. Back up. He's telling you he can't breathe. Man, you see my hand out there. I'm not even choking him. Look at my hands off. I mean, your hands are around his neck. I can see where your hands are. Um, gentlemen, I, I want to get your quick thoughts on this just in relation to the fact that no one has seen this video. But I also notice as we're, as we're watching this, um, you hear that it's a man who's recording and I see, I only see females walking up to try to mm. stop it. The mm. man is standing back and making sure to get it on video. The females are up there trying to stop it. Just something that I noticed. I don't know. Just going to leave that there. Uh, Eric? No, I mean, look, <laughs> they don't want to have an, uh, a tough, uncomfortable conversation about that institution. Well, that doesn't fit the they, narrative. And it doesn't it's fit the narrative. Cop. And that's the thing. But that's why I always try to shift back to it. Um, even when some of the issues that I have, which I'm not going to bring up everything that I've done, but, you know, I've had conflicts with police officers that were non black, that were not white. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. And it's like for whatever reason, we, we focus so much on like the color that the person that did it or the color of the person that was getting, you know, choked out or ended up unfortunately dying or something of that nature. And we try to paint that one narrative. And again, that's what controls it. That's what that now we have all of our discussions about whether or not there's some racial element to this instead of understanding like, well, that's the one institution that is allowed to do that and get away with it. Why are they standing like, like we talked about this with, with Chad? And we're like, if that was a like if that was just a regular man mm -hmm. choking him, choking him out like that, more than likely people jump in and say, hold up. They get actually physical yes. with him. Like they'll physically stop them. Pull but their you, it, it's it's different when, when it comes to uh, when you got that badge. And that's the conversation that needs to be had. That's only only when that conversation is had, when America's ready to have that conversation, only when that conversation is had. Will we start getting towards the resolution? I am not at all interested in trying to to see if we can get equal amounts of oh, get 25 percent of the black people whooped up, get 25 percent of the white people with 25 percent. of the, I'm not interested in having that discussion at all. I don't care. It's wrong. It's an act of aggression. That's what I'm more concerned about, not trying to whether or not whether or about if it's equal or not. And it happens a lot more often than people want to give it credit to. But just like you said, it's because if we don't see it. We saw the Minneapolis thing, all the social media, all the CNN stuff. We'll probably never go aside from this yeah. on News and Why It Matters. Yeah. Probably the only place they're going to see it. Right. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I hate that we only have the conversation when somebody loses their life or somebody's life yeah. that's threatened. Yep. I hate it. I hate the fact that somebody has decided that they feel the need that they have to video it for somebody to believe them. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Mm -hmm. And I hate the idea that videoing is the, is the way in which we have to have this conversation. I would hope that coming from a, uh, a Christian perspective, I, I don't know if doing justice means pulling out my phone and videoing. videoing. I think just pursuing after justice and, and righting wrongs is more than just videoing something. And I hope we can move on from that part of the conversation because I'm tired of this chapter being reread time and again over my short life. And I can't imagine how long it's been going on before that. Yeah, it goes down to consistency. It goes down to holding people accountable when it's not a high-profile situation. It, it comes down to 
electing people into your local government who will hold your police departments accountable and your county and things like that. These things that we don't get involved in because we're so worried about Trump and Congress and things like that. And if we would apply these things equally, if we would be consistent about, you know, we find out when somebody dies, we find out, well, this cop had 17, 18 mm-hmm. incidents where they were right. doing things that they shouldn't have been doing, you know, acts of aggression that were questionable at best, that were not investigated and there was no consequences for. And if somebody had stepped in and really sort of handled the situation at that point, then you can avoid, you know, George Floyd being, you know, choked out on the ground because maybe you've, you've taken that cop out of the force because he's shown himself to be irresponsible with his authority. But we don't do that. And so we have to become more consistent about paying attention and about putting pressure on those in power to hold accountable these officers when they're doing things like this. Yeah, that was that's such a good point um, that you bring about sort of localizing this this issue. I think when we talk about maybe, you know, local reporters, local organizations, maybe that's something that they can learn to more so prioritize so we can already know about stuff like this. Because, yeah, now they're talking about this. This person had 17 instances and we're like wait a minute right. mm-hmm. how did it how did it get to 17 mm-hmm. like we didn't have this conversation right. at 10 right. but because we didn't we didn't know it mm-hmm. yeah. we didn't know it and maybe if we start uncovering that sort of stuff and we we sort of put our efforts to, that's such a great point uh that Aaron brings up and and i would like to point out just as like a, a weird full circle thing uh amy klobuchar actually was the uh as her time as state prosecutor in 2006 declined to prosecute this particular police officer uh, for something different way back when. So it's really weird full circle evolution. That people only care about when she's now a VP, you know, candidate. Nobody right. cared about that decision in 2006, did they? Right, right. Uh, all right, so President Trump is also, he, he's, he's had a rough week as well. Um, he's getting censored for denouncing the riots happening in Minneapolis that we've been talking about this entire time. Uh, He said last night, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis, a total lack of leadership, either the very weak radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. These thugs, uh, thugs is in all caps for those of you listening on podcast, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to uh, the governor and told him that the military is with him all the way. Uh, Any difficulty, and we will assume control, but when when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. I don't know why he said thank you with an exclamation point. That's kind of weird. But so excited about that. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but so he tweeted this out shortly after that. Uh, if you go back and look at the tweet, Twitter decided to censor his second post in that thread. And it now says this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. So uh, you can still click to view it. It is still viewable, but you have to click that. You got it. They just want to make sure that they don't trigger you. They just want to make sure that they don't trigger you. It's just annoying. That's all it is. It's like, oh, I have to click view to see what he said. It just makes me want to see what he said more. Right. Don't push the red button. Don't push the red button. What they're doing is it's ridiculous that they're looking at these little things and trying to nitpick. Well, is this, you know, I mean, the tweet, I don't like the tweet. I think it was a bad decision. I think it was unwise, but I don't think it should be censored. I don't think you need to protect people's, you know, sensitive eyes from seeing looting and shooting. You know, I don't think that that's purposeful, but I think Twitter is going to pay for the fact that they're doing this. I think it's it's putting them down a road that's going to damage what their purpose is as a platform that's supposed to be having speech and having it, you know, unregulated and free. And if somebody is making like an actual threat or something like that, this is not even an actual threat. And so if you're taking that standard, I don't even think that applies here. And so you it's it's starting to turn into where I don't like 
what Trump said or how he said it. And so let's just erase it. And that's not useful. I don't like it, but I don't want to see it silenced because if I say something that somebody doesn't like, I don't want it to just be like hidden behind some sort of like terms of service wall. I want it to be out there for people to decide and discuss. It is also interesting, uh, Nick, because these are the same people who say that every single tweet that President Trump tweets is like the most important thing in the world. So we should see it. Yeah. Right? So, so one, uh, uh, I, I want to reckon. I, I don't appreciate a tweet. I don't like the tweet. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, not tasteful whatsoever. I thought it was. Uh, it played upon some language from the 1960s relative to, I believe, Miami riots that were happening real, with Nixon. I don't like the tweet at all. Two. I don't want to use the word censorship. Uh, when I think about censorship, I think about uh, 19th century USSR or 20th century USSR. Uh, I think about what's happening in China right now. So it's not censorship because we can just still just click to view it, and mm-hmm. I, that's mm-hmm. never been the case. And I don't think that's censorship. But then also three, just the recognition that uh, to a certain degree, I mean, Twitter is free to make its own rules. Mm-hmm. Somebody can't come into my house and tell me how to run my own house. Maybe my mom, but other than that, <laughs> nobody can get this. So I, it, who, am I, who am I to be one to say, Twitter, this is how you should operate rules? What I would hope is that Twitter would simply just be consistent with the rules that they've already put into place. They have, they have not silenced uh, some of the wolf warrior diplomats from China right now, even though they're perpetuating far greater lies that are doing greater harm, uh, i.e. this COVID crisis that we're experiencing right now. I just wish... Twitter would be consistent with the application of rules to both sides of the aisle across the world. And this has continued to be the same song I've been singing and many others have been singing, but we're not seeing anything done about it. Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of people were upset at that last bit when he said, but when looting turns to shooting. Now, I I took that as is like that's when we're going to for sure get involved is if instead of looting, they're actually shooting each other out. That's the way I that's the way I analyzed it. I don't know what exactly he was trying to say. I don't really care one thing though however and this may get me in trouble i'm never coming to the defense of looters uh ever i think Mm -hmm. that is a a a very ugly thing a very nasty uh thing just you don't lash out at people that had nothing to do with it just because you 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 are uh call yourself being upset these guys are opportunistic and i'm not going to sit up here and defend trump but the last thing i'm worried about i mean let's extend it to the logical conclusion i'm defending my business i just defended someone that was defending his business and you walk up in there you get aired out simple as that my home or business you get shot um and you get what you deserve that's how i feel this is not about proportionate response i have no you're not owed that at all when you are the aggressor you're the aggressor i'm not sitting there i'll ask you oh hey are you here to actually uh, rob me or are you here to just take my TV? Oh, you're just here to take the TV? Okay, go go ahead. Like, no, we don't sit up here and have that conversation. We don't apply that to anything else that we do. So of all things to get mad about what Trump says, it's, it's what he's going to do to actual looters, actual aggressors. I, I just don't understand how we allow this man to control our conversation. It's another like sideshow that gets us away from, again, the main issue of the injustice that happened. He knows. He has to know this. that, right? Yeah, he, he has to know he, Everything he puts out there, even if it, you might look at it and say, oh, that looks dumb, he knows what reaction he's sparking. And if you fall into it, you kind of, you know, true. that's on you. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. All right. We've got more coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Omega XL. So if you are one of a lot of Americans these days who, you know, maybe have joint pain, uh, you know, your back hurts all the time, your neck hurts all the time, uh, you know, maybe you've got arthritis, you've hit that age where, I'm not naming any names, oh wait, it's me, uh, where you just wake up and you're just achy and sore. This is where Omega XL can be so helpful for you. A lot of people don't realize that um, it's usually inflammation that's 
causing your pain. And if you don't treat inflammation, it can cause permanent damage. Now, if you're using a pain reliever or a topical cream that you rub on, you're just kind of masking the problem. You're not really treating the root of it, but Omega XL does. Omega XL is very powerful natural supplement. It helps reduce pain due to inflammation while it promotes healthy joints and increased mobility. Uh, it comes from the pristine waters of New Zealand and it's very, very highly concentrated. There is nothing like it in the world. Research shows that Omega XL can help promote a healthy immune response, uh, which means that Omega XL can help your natural immune system protect you. We've got you a very special offer right now. Order now and get your second bottle for free. You got to go to OmegaXL.com slash news. Get that second bottle for free. All you got to do is go to OmegaXL.com slash news. It will be life-changing when you get out of pain. Trust me. OmegaXL.com slash news. We spoke briefly about this yesterday. It was just happening. The facts were still coming out. But President Trump uh, signed the executive order yesterday uh, targeting social media bias. Now, the order that Trump signed uh, urges the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, to reexamine the extent to which Section 230 protects social media companies from liability. So it orders the FCC to reexamine the extent that they are protected, that they are shielded. It also seeks to channel complaints about political bias to the Federal Trade Commission and creates a council in cooperation with state attorneys general to probe allegations of censorship based on political views. It also tasks federal agencies with reviewing their spending on social media advertising. Uh, is this is this a big deal, Eric, or is this just kind of a... No, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not as all concerned with that as far as, look, Twitter... Love it and hate it. I think it's a gift and a curse. Made me a lot of money. It's also made a lot of people hate me, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. If it ever gets to a point that I want out, Twitter isn't holding me hostage. Right. You know, it isn't holding anybody hostage. I've always said that when it comes to social media, <sighs> banning people or anything like that, I think the we should focus on more so them acknowledging the terms of service. So when we talk about liability and stuff like that I, I don't, I, he's going somewhere somewhere else with it that i don't i don't agree with getting the federal government and all that mm-hmm. stuff yeah. involved i don't care about that let's talk about enforceable contracts here let's talk about definitely for creators doesn't matter if it's twitter youtube or, or what have you the the term of service goes both ways if they are in error let's have that discussion if they are in error they have to hold their side of the of the bargain of the contractual obligations that they have we don't ever discuss that. People just because I guess people just read those things. They don't read them. Just say, oh, yeah, accept. I'm, yeah. I'm in them. But those are real things. They're binding contracts. This is this is what they had there. We all agree to you. So why did not say this is what you said? You're not doing it. And then have a conversation about if they're breaching or, you know, violating some sort of contract. Getting the federal government involved is just determined bias or any. any I don't care about that. It's not they, that's not up to y'all. Y'all should shouldn't be able to do that. It's Twitter. It's a private organization. One thing, if they're getting like government grants or something like that, now if they get that, that needs to be stripped. They should, should be a thing anyway. I don't, I, but I'm not sure uh, to any extent if the state's funding them like or the federal government or so forth. But they shouldn't be involved. 
Plain and simple. Yeah, I think uh, social media is simply just the amplification of what's already been happening, right? And so we're just becoming increasingly more aware of the crazy uncles everyone has always talked about. Uh, personally, I am I'm a little hesitant whenever the, the government wants to get involved because right now there are certain conservatives that are very happy about President Trump getting involved right now. But I just wonder in a year from now, if there is a Biden administration, are we going to be as happy? Right. I think conservatives largely are just wanting consistency relative to the terms of service, whereas uh, liberals and Democrats are largely just wanting us to police the character and kind of the hate speech. Honestly, they're private companies. Let them operate. And if we don't like it, then we just need to get into the business of building more institutions whereby we can just go play on our own playground. There you go. Yeah, I don't know how anybody can look at this and be like, this is a productive thing. This is a good thing for Trump to do with an executive order. You know, if you, do you want President Joe Biden to expand upon whatever pres- precedent that you or whoever the next Democratic president? Do you want them to expand on this kind of precedent of getting the government involved in this? And I hope that it turns out to just be nothing. It sounds like it might just be a warning shot. Like we're going to look at this and we're going to examine this and hopefully this will just go away and they won't take this to a further step that can be more damaging. Um, I hope that's just what it is, a surface-level sort of petty thing between Trump and Twitter over these oh, little sure. little tags that they're putting under his tweets, which are annoying and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can do that, I guess, if he wants to, but I don't want to see this go any further. Yeah, it is interesting, uh, and Nick, you kind of alluded to this. You've got uh, two conservative principles, or what used to be conservative principles, of, you know, we're really uncomfortable with the executive order being used mm-hmm. to, you know, try to further laws instead of letting Congress work that one out. Mm-hmm. And not that this was a law, mm-hmm. but, um, but you know, kind of sidestepping mm-hmm. uh, the way things are supposed to go. Oh, and also, we're really uncomfortable with big government regulation. Mm-hmm. Neither of these things seem to be considered here with a lot of people. Yeah, I think, uh, what is it, the word tribalism often comes into place, and so it's a personality politics, and so there are just certain individuals that because President Trump has done it, that they want to get behind it, and I think think it's a good motive uh, in the sense that just wants fairness. They just right. want we consist- all understand it's we just not want, fair. We just want consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that this is the right solution to achieve that consistent and fair objective. Right. Ask yourself if you would want Elizabeth Warren wielding this power and then Bingo. see how you feel about I it. I just you know? want to watch yeah. funny videos. For goodness sake, <laughs> please don't limit my ability to watch dog videos acting like humans. Also, but I just need that. Also cat videos. I would just okay. like to just... Okay. That's a poor dead executive order. We've got more coming up, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, the Classical Learning Test. So the SAT and ACT are, you know, often thought of as really inconvenient tests that students have to go on a Saturday. You wake up really early and you got to go take a couple times uh, during high school. But the reality is that the SAT and the ACT are actually the two most powerful forces driving curriculum in the entire country today. Uh, Indeed, high-stakes tests like the SAT and ACT drive instruction and curriculum. Now, um, the SAT is uh, owned by the College Board, and in case you're not aware, that is a far-left organization. Uh, Just last year, they had students reading Bernie Sanders' op-eds on the SAT when they were taking the test. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, Well, good news for you. There is a new company taking on the SAT and ACT that is called the Classic Learning Test. They've been around for about four years now. They've already been adopted by more than 200 colleges. Uh, Nearly every college will now consider CLT scores as at least a supplemental component 
of an application. It's shorter than the SAT and ACT, and you can take it from the comfort of your own home. This is really important right now, you guys, because SAT and ACT tests are being, they were canceled. They were being canceled because of the coronavirus pandemic. CLT, you can take in your home. They haven't had to cancel anything. This technology came in really, really useful during this pandemic. The final CLT of the year is June 20th. It's rapidly approaching and it's filling up quickly. These other tests are canceled, all right? So CLT is the way to go. If you've got someone who is looking to get into college and they are waiting to take that test, you gotta tell them to go to cltexam.com. Register today. Again, June 20th is the official college entrance exam. They've still got time, but the slots are filling up quickly. So you gotta go there very quickly. It's cltexam.com. That is cltexam.com. Just a couple minutes left here, but want to quickly get into Joe Biden. Obviously, we've got an election coming up very soon. It's it's almost June now. Yeah, it's about to be June and the elections in November. Uh, some of the latest polls, Quinnipiac, Firehouse Strategies, both show Joe Biden up nationally by 11 points right now. Um, is it time to panic yet, Eric? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna lose no matter who wins this this election. It doesn't uh, it doesn't matter. But I don't believe polls anymore after yeah. what happened before. I don't know why anybody would take them. Well, let's just say this: you probably should take them with a grain of salt. Right. You know, you can't look at it like it's absolute because we again we've seen this story before. Now this does put maybe some pressure on on Trump to make some adjustments. Um, as far as maybe with those lockdowns and stuff like that, like I think he could have maybe weathered the storm a little more. Maybe the economy was doing better, but hey, it's 40 million people out of work and you got this crazy thing going on um, in Minneapolis. It's just it's it's even if it's not his fault, it, it, it looks bad for him. So we'll right. see. Right, Nick. Yeah, so polls nationally. One, uh, I'm, I'm taking them with a grain of salt largely because it's states. And right. in particular, there's six particular states that I'm going to be looking for. Uh, two, we continue to see that an increase nationally, Biden's lead. So I'm a little hesitant about that. The economy is just not looking good whatsoever. And so it, largely. But then again, it, it's June or it's about to be June, but it's also only June. Uh, right. Who would have thought everything that's happened in 2020 thus far would have happened? And it is, it is still so much It feels much like it's been 10 years. Yeah. It's only been yeah. half of yeah. one. Yeah, I think you look at polls, and when sometimes when you see polls that say general Democrat versus specific candidate, you see that that general person gets mm-hmm. boosted. Joe Biden is a general candidate right now. He, he's not somebody who he's had to answer for things. He doesn't have to speak publicly a lot. He's sort of benefiting from being hidden. So people are comparing them, and they're not seeing him do anything. When he gets out there in debates, when he has to get out of his house and start doing stuff and people hear how he talks things might change a little bit because he doesn't know what he's talking about he's not mentally fit for the situation and that's going to hurt him but as long as he can limit his exposure he's probably going to kind of coast in these polls and we know he's he's probably going to win the popular vote whether he wins the election or not so he's you know these national polls you look at that and you say well he, he might have a lead in that but does that mean he's going to win the election probably you know possibly not yeah it, it will also be interesting to see uh, who he picks for his vice president and um, how that factors into... No longer Amy Klobuchar. Polls. Yeah, I guess not. I Sorry. guess not. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams, though, <laughs> no, okay. still got a chance. <laughs> She's still holding on for dear life. All right, we got to take a break. Back in a minute. Oh, they started talking about uh, Val Demings now. Hey 
yesterday's poll, will President Trump imposing regulations on social media companies ultimately help or hurt the conservative movement? Now, um, before I read these results, I would just like to point out, I don't think I saw anything in the executive order that said he is actually imposing any regulations on social media companies at this point, just to be clear. But uh, 69% of you said help and 31% of you said hurt. Kind of goes to our conversation that we were just having that it just we're all about big government regulation i guess if it's our guy doing shame. it for shame <laughs> it is it is really it's, it's really sad i know you're gonna spam me in the comments whatever <laughs> i'm on your side okay take, take it on me take it out on <laughs> yeah. me take yeah it on me. go to eric yes, he's not please. on your side please send all your hate mail to him and send me the funny videos though. <laughs> yeah. send me the funny videos i'm not participating in <laughs> the, dog, the dog videos though apparently not the cats because just saying we got some discriminatory people at the table They're against today. the terms of service. <laughs> you didn't read it, did you? <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't know. Uh, today's poll is fact-checking a form of censorship. Hmm. Is fact-checking a form of censorship? Yes or no, really quickly? Nah. No. No. Uh, no. No. That's a weird question. It is, it is a weird question. I didn't make the question. I just Sarah, read them. Do better question. <laughs> Sorry, I just read them. Let us know what you think. You can go to, of course, the Blazes Twitter. That is at the blaze where you can participate in that poll i'm already in the weekend so i'm not i'm not speaking coherently either just kind of like joe biden uh gentlemen thank you for being here (laughs) i swear (laughs) thank you for being here uh we'll see you guys monday oh oh sorry